Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. I went back to adding just a few drops of stevia into the half and half, and now it's perfect again. <laughs> I needed just a hint of that sweetness to, I don't know, it just brings out that coffee flavor. It's an interesting thing. Today is Friday, March 6th. It's my sister-in-law's birthday. My husband's sister, Kathy Nicholas, up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. 70 years old today. <laughs> she is the big sister. So happy birthday, Kathy. I already texted her this morning. We did some virtual champagne glass clinking. Monday is my mom's birthday. I have a lot of Pisces in my life. I'm not sure how I ended up with so many Pisces. Actually, I do know how it is because David is a cancer and I do have a lot of water sign people balancing out my Leo fire. <sighs> I'm inside again today. It's a, it's not a whole lot colder temperature-wise, but there's a high overcast and there's a chilly breeze blowing. In fact, I was going to even open my east window here just to let in some fresh air and birdsong, but it's uh, let in a, a very sharp wind also, <laughs> so I aborted that effort. I am, um, <laughs> with the coronavirus and the hand-washing stuff, you know, they're keep saying that the best defense against coronavirus is washing your hands frequently. And I do wash my hands, but I am not a thorough hand washer. Part of that is because I'm a child of the West and I grew up not running the water unnecessarily. I mean, I learned that when I was in grade school. I have all of these little things that I do that sometimes people give me the side eye for uh, and I don't realize that they're kind of unusual habits until somebody remarks on them. Uh, you know, like when I wash dishes, I only run the water when I rinse a dish and I turn the water off and scrub and then turn on the water, rinse the dish, turn it off. And uh, a gal I was sharing, it was a colleague, we were sharing a sort of like one of those live-in kitchen suite deals. And she's like, why don't you just leave the water running? I'm like, what? <laughs> Waste all that water uh, when I'm brushing my teeth. Turn off the water while I'm brushing. Turn it on to rinse the toothbrush. Uh, same way with hand washing. I wet my hands, turn the water off, soap them up, you know, soap, then turn the water on, rinse them off. Only this is not what you're supposed to do for correct hand washing. You're supposed to run it under the water for 20 seconds, which I tell you guys, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just watch that water running down the drain going, no. But I'm trying to be good and develop a little bit of a better hand-washing habit um, for at least, you know, until coronavirus becomes prevalent so that I will have the habit in place and help not pass it around. So... You know, it's supposed to be that um, 20 seconds is singing happy birthday uh, twice. And I remember there was a movie. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, 
where a younger woman was involved with an older guy, and he was sort of a Woody Allen-ish kind of guy. And, oh my God, the Woody Allen stuff, right? We'll come back to that. Um, I don't think it was him, though, but I don't remember. If you guys remember what movie I'm talking about, it was one of those... New York movies kind of fall into one category in my mind where it's like New York people doing New York things. But he would do that every time he washed his hands. He would sing happy birthday to himself twice. And like her friends commented on him saying, why is he singing happy birthday to himself? And she's like, it's a, it's a cleanliness thing. So anyway, people have been putting out um, alternatives. If you are sick of singing happy birthday, here are some other choruses that to popular songs that last 20 seconds uh, and one of them is the chorus to landslide uh, there's also the chorus to jolene and um, to africa and so but i've always loved the song landslide so i've been practicing singing the chorus of landslide which unfortunately has been giving me a serious landslide earworm the past few days and now I'm wanting to research the song more. I know Stevie Nicks wrote it about Mick Fleetwood. I'm kind of wondering how old she was when she wrote it. I bet she wasn't all that old because you know so but some of the lines in it where she says even children get older and I'm getting older too. I suspect she might have been in like maybe 30 when she wrote it but it would be interesting to look. I'm also wondering about when she says, I took my love and I took it down. Isn't that a callback to a lyric in a Fleetwood Mac song, Take It Down? I kind of looked. I looked um, in a desultory way. And of course, especially on my phone, you just cannot look up a song without them like trying to get you to subscribe to their radio services. It's like, no, I just... I want to find out this information. So if anybody knows that too, I would be interested to know. I just feel like that's a callback, but it's such an interesting line. Took my love and I took it down. So I might have to switch, although um, Jolene and Africa are similar earworms, right? Maybe I'll have to switch to reciting some poetry or something like that. So... Woody Allen um, read that article about him yesterday, and I, I'm not, I'll, I'll link to it. I'll find it, and I'll link to it, because it was a very interesting article, sort of going through all of the lies that Woody Allen has told. And all of this has come back, even though most of this happened in the 90s. Um, a lot of it is, the discussion is resurfacing because he wrote a book or you know, an autobiography or memoir or what have you, and several publishers passed on it because they felt like it was unethical to publish a book by a sexual predator who you know, like had an affair with his stepdaughter for six months while he was still sleeping with Mia Farrow and then split her off from the family and also probably molested his daughter and you know all of these things and listening to the things he says about it he does sound creepy as fuck um you know he talks about having a more parental relationship with his wife now soon Yi, and how they have no conflict and that's very restful for him and it's like well yeah yeah very nice of you to 
groom a younger woman into being your minion, right? You know, none of that, you know, he always talks about Mia Farrow being so difficult and demanding. It's like, oh yeah, just hate for your partner in life to place any demands on you, Woody. So anyway, one of the publishers, and I'm not going to be able to think of who it is right now. Um, oh, Heshep. It was Heshep had agreed to, they were going to publish the book. And so the Heshep employees staged a walkout yesterday in protest. So it'll be interesting to see if that will have an effect. But, you know, there's been so much coming back on editors in particular lately, somewhat on agents, but you know, a lot's been falling back on editors when a book has come out that's problematic and people say, well, what the hell was the editor thinking? Where was the editor on this? Why did they allow this terrible thing to pass? You know, and I think one thing that's hard for people to remember is, you know, that being an editor at a publishing house is very much like being a cube farm worker at any other corporation. You know, you keep your head down and you follow corporate policy and you try to keep your job. And, you know, with editors, they might have the advantage of following something that they love more than, you know, like processing banking papers or something like that. But they still don't necessarily have a voice in decisions and what goes on. And, you know, they're obviously driven by money. You know, they, they need to keep the lights on. The, they use big selling books to pay for books that don't sell as well. And, you know, I think someone probably decided that the Woody Allen memoir was a big enough seller to justify the ethical gray area. Is it even gray? <laughs> it's kind of black, guys. Black area. So, I, but I do think that, uh, you know, a lot of people were expressing solidarity for them yesterday and saying how they, uh, you know, th this is how they can, can act. I don't know who the actual acquiring editor is. I assume that that person did not walk out. So, be interesting to see if that has any effect. You know, the thing is, is we could always say, well, and there will be those people who say, well, if you don't want to read the book, don't buy it. Vote with your dollars. I probably shouldn't do that in a hick accent. <laughs> I have enough family who would say that, that I, that's how I hear it in my head. But vote with your dollars is always the thing. But the thing is, is that kind of thing is so tantalizing in a rubbernecking fashion, right? It is the, you can't help but want to read it. So, of course, the book is going to sell. Everyone's going to want to read it. You know, and the thing is, is it's just going to be a pack of lies. I mean, it, the article is, I do recommend reading it because it really is interesting hearing, you know, having the things that he says juxtaposed against things that everybody else says. Like he accuses Mia Farrow of turning their infant son against him, of brainwashing him into crying whenever Woody would hold him so that she could possess him entirely. 
you know, and it's like, um, <laughs> and the person who wrote the article said, you know, if me, a pharaoh can use mind control to get babies to cry and not cry, then we need to be signing her up <laughs> for some major work in this world. Ah, <laughs> uh, so all very interesting. It's, it's sort of the continuing conundrum of, um, you know, how do you, how do you treat people who have done terrible things and are producing art? And it's funny because there's a quote from Woody Allen in there saying about how you can't divide the person from the art. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Okay. So, speaking of art, I am still doing well on The Promised Queen. I have passed 50,000 words. Um, I might have said that yesterday. I de I, I, I've definitely passed 50,000 words. And so I'm approaching midpoint. I'm thinking the books, it's still on target to be about 110,000. I've made notes of a few things I want to go back and layer in, but they're going to be light. And, uh, you know, I'm continuing to knock on wood. Seems to be going pretty well. And I'm putting together a few other projects. Still not heard back from the Hong Kong people. It's um, Friday night there now. It's what, 7.30 here, so it's about 10.30 at night here. So I might send an email over the weekend just to check in, but I imagine they are still lining up the picking ducks. You know, I was reading that... Um, the number of coronavirus cases in Hong Kong is still very, very low, despite their border with um, the province in China, where there's a huge number of cases. And they're attributing that to the very strict quarantine. And of course, um, Trump had to get on Fox News and ramble on in his unique style about how people die from the flu every year <laughs> and that he has a hunch that there's just not as many cases as people are saying uh, well his hunches so not a lot of plans for the weekend I was <laughs> again amused by the uh, XKCD cartoon from, I guess it was from Wednesday, where they were talking about measures for the coronavirus and saying that social isolation and staying home was one of the best things you could do. And the guy sitting at the computer, I think it was cue ball, sitting at the computer monitor and going, I have been training for this my entire life. <laughs> I was like, I kind of feel that way. I really, really need to finish the tech stuff. I know I've been saying that. And I've been sort of creeping along on it, but I might have to just do the marathon hit on it this weekend. And I think I'll work on this gown that I've been sewing. I do intend to go to vinyasa yoga. I'll keep going to that. And uh, so far, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because it's like, well, we show no cases in New Mexico, but we've also only tested like two people. And I noticed that a lot of the Western states are still showing no cases. But it's also it's like you know that those are places where they're not testing people. So it's a uh, it's definitely a misleading metric. 
but yeah, so I'll keep going to vinyasa yoga. I'm going to take my own mat with me and uh, my little hand disinfectant. And um, otherwise keep continuing with life as normal as much as possible. But other than that, um, you know, no big plans for the weekend. We get this stuff done and work on some projects. It's pretty enough, and St. Patrick's Day is coming up that I might do a little bit of yard work if it's nice. Might start clearing out some of the detritus from winter. Uh, my family tradition, going back to my grandmother, maybe farther. I don't know where grandmother got it, Mom, do you? But grandmother would always plant sweet pea seeds on St. Patrick's Day. And that was in Denver. So I do the same. Uh, the The family trick is to also buy some buttermilk and soak the seeds in buttermilk overnight. And so then I will plan to plant those out, um, well, on the 17th, I guess I've got a little bit of time. But I sort of had it in my mind to get those things, you know, maybe get them while I can. <laughs> I don't know if it'll get bad or not. So I am going to get to work today. I actually have only 2,900 words to get to hit my 15,000 for the week, although I'll probably go for the 3,000 a day since I tend to go a little bit over each day. So that's a nice place to be. And then I might just, um, I don't know, we'll see how I feel. Will I reward myself and do fun things? Maybe yes, instead of plunging right into taxes. We shall see. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I hope things are going well wherever you are, that you are feeling good about your circumstances and feeling safe and happy. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.